Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. As we closed last week's broadcast, we were beginning to look at Shanti Feldman's finding that highly happy couples get in over their heads. Why risking it all on your marriage is actually the safest bet. We introduce this topic by creating an imaginary scenario. Allow me to repeat that scenario. You're back in high school. You have several groups of friends. The weekend is coming up and you'll do what you always do. Manage your social calendar on the fly thanks to your smartphone. Thursday in the cafeteria, your friend Tammy says, Hey, come over tomorrow and let's hang out. I'm babysitting my little sister but we could watch a movie or something. Now you face a classic conundrum of teen Landria. You can accept Tammy's invitation immediately, or you can wait to see if a more exciting option comes along. Here's what you do. You hedge your bets. Even though you like Tammy just fine, you say, Sounds great. Listen, I'll get back to you. In the meantime, you watch your phone to see what else pops up. By Friday afternoon, you realize to your dismay that nothing else is going to pop up. Have your other friends forgotten you exist? Does the world suddenly hate you? Remember, you're in high school. After school, you run into Tammy. Well, she says, are you coming or not? Time to decide. Yes, sure, you chirp. I'll be there. Thanks. Friday night finds you on the couch with Tammy. You tell her you're having fun, but the truth? You're still hedging your bets. See, you brought money for a late movie just in case somebody calls. Every time Tammy's not looking, you pull out your phone to keep the lines open with your other friends. You send Mark a smiley face. You poke Kyra on Facebook. You text a, what are you doing, to Megan, and you don't even like her very much. In this imaginary scenario, how much do you think you will enjoy your evening with Tammy? But now I want to reimagine that Friday evening, adding a slight twist. When you finally say yes to Tammy, you go all in. You put all other possibilities for your upcoming evening out of your mind. When Kyra does in fact text you to ask if you want to go to a movie with her, Mark, and Megan, you quickly reply, Would have loved to, but I'm helping Tammy babysit. Catch you tomorrow. Now ask yourself, How might my evening have unfolded then? All else being equal, wouldn't I have enjoyed it a lot more? We're talking about a critical choice that shapes every relationship. The choice is like a toggle switch. Flip it one way and you're somewhat committed. Flip it the other way, and you're all in. Shanti says that the choice to be all in when it comes to marriage isn't always popular these days. And there are many ways people don't even realize that they aren't fully committed. But the simple truth is, how you throw the switch, and being aware of the choice, radically determines the quality of your marriage. 
Shanti further says the happiest couples she's met are happy in large part because they take the risk to go all in. Her research clearly shows that the happiest couples consistently risk everything to commit. That commitment showed up in relational, emotional, and even financial ways. And the risks were real. They chose to willingly put themselves at risk of getting their hearts broken, looking like fools, or experiencing the debilitating pain of betrayal. Simply put, the highly happy couples didn't hedge their bets. They didn't try to wall off a piece of themselves just in case. Here's the secret according to Shanti. Highly happy couples take the risk of getting their hearts broken or looking like fools. They fully invest emotionally instead of holding back to protect themselves and because they are all in, they have dramatically increased security and happiness. While more than half of all struggling couples felt it was important to maintain a bit of emotional independence, 72% of highly happy couples said the opposite. The feeling of maintaining emotional independence or protecting oneself on the inside can reveal itself in different ways on the outside. As just one of hundreds of examples, a wife who is protecting herself a bit isn't likely to share her innermost thoughts with her husband. Maybe she's worried he might laugh at her. So she might share some things with her girlfriends that she wouldn't share with her husband. Similarly, a man who wants to maintain emotional independence might defend his twice-a-week poker night with the guys no matter what's happening at home. Or he might pour himself into his work as an excuse to not be fully involved with his wife. Of course, having guy friends and girlfriends to hang out with is a blessing. Highly happy couples do that, too. But there's an important difference. They do not use outside commitments, people, and interests as a retreat from their marriage. They actively veer away from any just-in-case strategies. And they hold nothing back, even in areas as critical and potentially scary as how they manage their money. Well, what does being all-in actually look like in real life? This is where it may seem surprising. Dozens of highly happy spouses told Shanti that unlike some of their friends, they had no secret personal bank accounts. Often against the counsel of others, and often in spite of their own instincts, they took the risks to be fully trusting and open, with no hidden means of support if it all went south. One highly happy wife put it this way. You could say, well, that is foolish today. You have to be prudent. But what is more foolish? Taking the risk to trust him and risking the small likelihood that your spouse will betray you? Or deciding that you're not going to fully trust him and risking the almost certain likelihood that it will build a wall between you and undermine your marriage? In her view, the act of hiding something on the side would actually invite a divided and undermined marriage. Where's the security in that? Highly happy couples didn't enter lightly into their choice to be all in. In many cases, 
They were choosing to do the opposite of what they had been taught or what others had advised. And the outcome for many has been dramatic. For example, this couple that Shanti interviewed. Her. My dad encouraged us girls to hold a little something back. He'd say, You've got to go out and get a job so you don't have to depend on a man. And my mom implanted that idea too. So when we got married, she'd tell us to put some of each paycheck aside somewhere he couldn't get to it. She always had her stash, and my dad knew it. When I got married, in the back of my mind, I thought, if bad stuff ever happens, I have to have my own separate account in place. Shanti. What is the consequence of that? Him. One word. Death. Her. It creates a wedge. There is intimacy not shared. There is a missing link, a missing trust that creates that wedge. If you can't be vulnerable enough to trust your spouse in that area, then there's going to be weakness in other areas of your relationship. Because there can't be this fear and suspicion, and really that's what it is. You have to be able to relinquish that and trust each other. If you can't, then there's a bigger issue that hasn't been resolved. When I got serious about my walk with Christ, I eventually realized that I have to trust God and trust my husband. Him. I work in a big call center answering phones, and every year the VP comes down to tell us the year-end bonus money we made. And every year he says, You know the credit union... That's a good place to hide money from your wife. He says, If you don't hide it, she's going to spend it all. But if there's a part of your life you refuse to share, you never truly go to that point where you become one. If you can't trust the person, it's going to be difficult in so many other areas. So when she finally decided to trust me, trust God and me, I guess, that's when everything changed. You might be wondering how couples move in their relationship from mostly in to all in. Is it a one leap of faith? Or are there certain beliefs and attitudes that make it, while still risky, the most sensible choice a loving couple can make? Shanti's research turned up four important core beliefs and actions that make all the difference for highly happy marriages. She frames them as first-person declarations because that's how she most often heard the husbands and wives say them, with complete finality and confidence. Number one, I assume that having a happy marriage is not just possible, but likely. Nearly without exception, the happiest couples told Shanti that they had survived difficult times by believing that a happy marriage was not only possible, but also likely for them. And that belief seems to create a huge psychological advantage. Listen to this comment from a woman who has gone through fire in her marriage and come out on the other side. You can't listen to the naysayers. Instead, you need to assume your marriage will last. One of the thoughts that helped me make it through my first pregnancy 
fighting the fear of coming pain that everyone tells you is the worst pain ever, was the thought that millions and millions of women over the centuries have successfully given birth, so I can do this too. It is the same principle in considering making one's marriage last. Well, our time is gone for today. I want to invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user, or if the time is inconvenient, you can go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net, and click on the Mum Live tab to view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.